0: Yeah. Hell- hello and welcome to episode 70 of the vegan business tribe podcast with myself david pinnell co-founder of vegan business tribe and if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one then vegan business tribe is here to support you and to inspire you not just to build a vegan business but to build a successful vegan business and as always if you want to go go beyond this podcast and connect with an amazing community of vegan business owners just like you then don't forget that you can also become a fully paid up member of Vegan Business Tribe and just to pause for a second Our members are the reason that Lisa and I do this. We have been able to help and champion and support so many of our amazing vegan businesses over the last couple of years. And we now count many of our members as our friends too. So... If you are serious about growing your vegan business, then come and join a community of people who are on the same mission as you are and want you to succeed too. And people do ask how they can help support Vegan Business Tribe. And my answer is always, just sign up. Because not only are you supporting our mission to champion and grow the vegan business scene and allowing us to keep putting out this podcast every single week, but you also get access to all our content, our online events, our community, and even Lisa and myself if you want to ask for our our advice and support through our community hub. So, go check out the website at veganbusinesstribe.com, click on the big join button on the homepage, you can't miss it, and you will find out more about how you can support us and how in return we can support you. Okay, so, in last week's session, which was episode 69, we spoke about the idea of failing fast and failing cheap too. So, as a quick recap of that... If you accept that you don't have all the answers yet in your business, then you're going to take some missteps. And in fact, taking some wrong turns, that might actually be a really important step in learning what does and doesn't work. But that means that you have to become comfortable with the idea that some things you try out are going to fail. And that fear of failure it's enough to stop many of us actually trying in the first place. And that fear of failure, it takes a lot of different guises. It could be a fear of looking dumb. And gosh, I know I face that every single day. Or it could be fear of the unknown. It might be fear of what other people might think, or fear of running out of money, or fear that you might trigger a situation to happen that you don't have the skills to deal with. Or it might be that something in your business, you just see it as being too big for you to deal with. You don't know where to start, so you just do nothing. And you let that fear grow bigger and bigger. Well, let me continue last week's theme slightly and tell you that you are Going to fail. I guarantee it. Now, (laughs) this isn't me taking on some new kind of role as a demotivational speaker. But just like we spoke about in the last session, failing is part of business. And the first thing you need to do is to take that sting away. You need to reframe what you think failure actually is. Failure is an opportunity. It's a learning experience because it's only an actual failure if something failing is the end. So take Richard Branson, who is the founder of the Virgin Group of Companies. He's worth $4.5 billion. And he's regarded as one of the world's most successful business people. Now, how would you like to partner up with Richard Branson? How would you like to have him have a hand in your company? Well, of course you would. But what if I was to tell you that Richard Branson he's had as many failed businesses as successful ones. Do you remember Virgin Cola or Virgin Cosmetics and the very short-lived Virgin Brides, which was a wedding dress company that Richard Branson himself admitted he helped launch it simply because he liked the name. Under Richard Branson, Virgin tried expanding into the alcoholic drinks industry, the tech and fashion sectors, and even launched Virgin Cars, and they all failed. Now, did any of those make Richard Branson a failure? Do you think that people talk behind his back and say, look, there goes the idiot who tried to take on the Apple iPod with the Virgin Pulse? Or do they recognise him? as someone who built a company that turns over tens of billions of dollars a year with 70,000 employees worldwide, and that for every high-profile failure that he had, he had an equally explosive success to match. In fact, it was the failure of Richard Branson's very first business – that led him to his first success. At 16, Richard Branson launched a magazine called Student, and this magazine didn't find the success that he was hoping for. So he started a business selling records by mail order, and he used the magazine to advertise this company. This record business proved so popular that he quit the magazine and opened up a record shop instead. And from the money he made from the record shop, he launched a music label. And that would go on to sign the Sex Pistols, the Rolling Stones, and many other artists that we know today. Now, he could have just kept the magazine and seen its demise as a failure and stopped there. But he didn't. That magazine was simply a stepping stone. And when he owned the record shop, he was hit with a £70,000 fine after he was questioned in connection with selling records that had been declared as export stock. And that could have been the end of that career. But it wasn't. Even though his parents had to remortgage the family home to help pay the fine, And the reason that Richard Branson called his company Virgin was simply because they were all completely new to doing business. They made mistake after mistake after mistake, and it would have been easy to have let the fear of what might happen next stop them. But if it had, they would have not gone on. To the success that the Virgin group found, and this is the same story with almost any successful business person. You go and read any founder story such as Branson's, and if they're being honest, you will likely read about failure after failure, but each bringing them one step closer to success. But still, even knowing this, this fear of failing holds many of us back. We avoid situations where failure might be a possibility or where we might be showed up for our lack of knowledge and experience. And as such, we stop pushing forwards beyond the safe zones that we've built for ourselves. Our businesses plateau. And this is a real problem, especially if you've got a vegan business, because I am guessing that one of the reasons that you actually started a vegan business was to make a difference. You want to have an impact. You want to use your business to bring about a fairer, cruelty-free world. And I get that because that's why we started Vegan Business Tribe but you are never going to do that hiding behind your sofa. Avoiding situations where we might fail, that is hardwired into us. So what's the first thing you say when your child jumps onto a wall? You tell them to be careful. You shout at them to get down. You tell them it's dangerous and they're going to hurt themselves if they keep climbing high. You tell them this Because it's what your parents told you. We've been conditioned to believe that if you climb high, then there's a real danger that you're going to fall. But do you ever see the fear of falling in the eyes of a young child walking along the top of that wall? Or do you see pure joy in their faces because they're too young to have developed that fear yet? And we all remember the Greek myth of Icarus, who was warned by his father not to fly too high because the sun would melt the wax in his wings that they had built. And that story, it's quoted as an analogy to not overreach, not to climb too high, to stay within your comfort zone. But what people forget is that Icarus's father also warned him not to fly too low, else his wings will get wet by the waves of the sea and he would crash. And this idea is explored in a brilliant book called The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. Now The world needs the majority of people not to try to climb too high. We need people sat there in offices doing mundane jobs. We need workers to make the things that we buy and delivery drivers to bring them to us. We need a world mainly made up of workers doing as they're told. Else our society, it just collapses. But it also means that there is a prescribed path that most of us take. We go to school, then we go to college and maybe to university. Then we get a job working for a company. Keep our heads down. Maybe we'll develop a hobby. We'll watch loads of TV. We'll try to not get above our station, not rock the boat. And if we've been good and followed the system, then we'll be given a few years of relaxing at the end with a pension before we shuffle on. And pushing against that, trying to branch away from that path and do something different. Well, if everybody did that, there would be pandemonium. But if you already have your own business, then you've already rocked that boat. You are already in the minority. And you've been braver than 90% of a population. And you probably already had to push through a lot of social pressure to do that. Because if everybody just started up their own business, then where would all the big companies get their office workers from? Because once you realise that you've already taken that step then you can also realize that in many cases the fears that we all face in our businesses they're mostly constructed it's smoke and mirrors it's societal pressure and usually there's no penalty for failing we live in an age of multiple safety nets and if fear of failing is holding you back right now then try this exercise Imagine what would happen if your main source of income stopped right now. Now, for most people, that will give you a momentary feeling of dread. And this is where a lot of our fear comes from. It's what keeps us in that office job. The fear that you won't be able to pay your mortgage or rent next month. The fear that you will let down your family and your dependents, that you'll be seen as a failure and you'll have the fall from grace that your parents (laughs) warned you about when you first said you were starting up your own business. But people do, sadly, lose their incomes every single day. So what would you actually do? What would really happen? Well, let's do the exercise. How long would it take you, with all the skills and experience that you've got, to go and find a job if you had to? Probably not that long. And it might not be doing the work that you want to do straight away, but there are always options. And let me tell you that running your own company, it gives you a unique set of skills that employers find really desirable. It gives you an accountability that other employees just don't have. So you know you can replace for income and it might take some time, meaning that you might not be able to cover all your bills for a couple of months. So let's take a look at that. What would actually happen there too? Well, the first thing you would do is you call your letting agent or your mortgage company and tell them that you've lost your income mortgage providers they get these calls every day it is so routine to them that you might even find it as an option on their automated telephone system and most have a support team dedicated to helping people in this situation in the very worst case scenario House repossessions, they take the best part of a year and it is genuinely the last thing that your mortgage provider wants to do. You are very unlikely to lose your home because you can't pay your mortgage for a couple of months. We just don't live in that kind of society. And we have these multiple safety nets all around us, which, to be quite honest, we've become so used to that we don't even realise they are there. It would take more than your business not working out for you to end up on the street. And it's only when you sit down and work out what you actually would do if faced with this situation that you start to realise that while it would be unpleasant, it likely wouldn't be catastrophic. In fact, they call doing this thought exercise decatastrophizing because once you get that panic out of the way, which is the normal natural response at first, but you look at what would actually be the outcome of a situation that you are fearful of, it is rarely anywhere near as bad as your mind has built it up to be. And you can do this with any of your fears that are holding you back. So what would people actually think if you failed at something or if you got something wrong? Would there be any real shame? Are you making out like you're the centre of other people's worlds when in reality, what you get up to would hardly register with most people in your life and they would soon forget? And would you rally around a partner or a friend or a colleague or a family member if they had a major setback? Of course you would. So why do you think that your own friends and family would act any differently to you? So the fear of failure, it is mostly a construct. And I urge you to do that catastrophic thinking exercise around anything you've got fear about. If you can, do it with a friend or partner because that will give you an external balanced view and it will show yourself of the outcome, the thing that you fear happening. It wouldn't be anywhere near as bad as you think it might be. And if it helps, then you can start to mitigate some of those fears. So start putting away some money every month to build up a buffer so you've got some funds saved away to cover a few months' bills in case you ever do need to cover a period of job hunting. It will make you feel better knowing that it's there and it's, it's just a prudent thing to do. But the reality is you'll probably never need it. And this is where I want to start turning around the theme of this session, because most of the time, you simply won't fail. Or rather, you won't fail to the extent that it will feel like a failure. And too often, we focus on what the outcomes of failing would be. But what about if we focus instead on what the outcomes of succeeding would be? That thing that you are not doing, that process in your business that you're not starting because fear is holding you back, that opportunity that you are not following because you don't know how it's going to work out or what somebody's response might be, what difference will it make to both you and your business when you achieve it? We get consumed with the worst-case scenario, but stop to think about the best-case scenario instead. Because let me tell you, from experience, the best-case scenario, that is far more likely to happen than the worst. When you solve a problem that fear was stopping you from tackling... I can guarantee you will wish you'd tackled it sooner and you'll wonder why you built it up so much in the first place. The things that we are first scared of doing, they quickly become routine once we know how to do them. So let's now properly do a 180 with fear and I'll give you a personal example. I have given so many talks and presentations throughout my career. And sometimes that's been on stage in front of hundreds of people. Other times it's been in a boardroom presenting a £100,000 proposal to a management team. And over this last couple of years alone, myself and Lisa, we've done hundreds of online sessions, talks and events. And you'd think I'd be pretty relaxed doing them by now. But I still get nervous before every single event or talk. And it doesn't matter how many people I'm presenting to or how many times I've spoken on this topic or how inconsequential the outcome of my presentation is. In that hour leading up to any event, Lisa knows that I'm going to be stressed. And I wouldn't change that because I have learned but the nerves I'm feeling, they're part of giving a good presentation. And in fact, the occasions where I haven't had pre-event nerves, they've been the ones where I've messed up. That fear that I am feeling in that moment, it is my mind and body getting ready to do something. And you will have heard of the fight or flight response, that feeling when your body is getting you ready to either attack a problem head on or to run away. But we've got used to running away. We've been conditioned to be careful and to not take risks. So at the first fight or flight feelings we get, we just back away from that situation. But you can learn To really lean into this feeling. So, when I'm doing a talk or event, I'm looking for that feeling to start creeping in before it. And I don't take it as a signal to run away anymore. I take it as a signal that my body is getting ready for it. If I'm an hour away from doing an event and I haven't started to feel it yet, then that's when I start to get worried because that means that my mind isn't focused on what I'm doing. It's not doing those subconscious final checks. It's not making sure that everything is set up right. I'm just too complacent. So I take the nerves that I'm feeling as a sign that I'm paying proper attention and that everything is going to go well. And I want you to start reevaluating that feeling of fear when something triggers it, such as being asked to give a presentation or to go on a podcast or to send that email to someone who might be able to help your business but you're scared of approaching or just to figure out how you're going to tackle something in your business that you feel overwhelmed by. Is that feeling in your stomach flight or is it fight? Is your mind and body getting you ready to run away because you're facing harm? Or is it your body getting you ready to step up to that challenge? And the reality is, you get to choose which it is. Your body is getting you ready for either. That's why it's called fight or flight. And it's up to you which option you take. But if you don't choose or you choose to do nothing, then to your mind, you chose to flee. And the next time that you face the same situation, it will remember that and it will feel twice as big of a threat. And that is why it's imperative that the more fear you are feeling about facing something in your business, the quicker you need to deal with it. The longer you leave it, the bigger threat it grows into in your mind and the more energy and creativity it will drain from you. So if you have a fear in your business that you are not tackling, one that you can absolutely put your finger on right now as you're listening to this, then as soon as you have finished listening, I want you to make that your number one priority. You need to get rid of it, because trust me, it will be far simpler than you thought it would be to sort out, and you will have such a weight lifted off you once you have. So how do we do that? How do we deal with something that's generating fear and stopping us from moving forward? Well, this leads me to my main point, and this is the thing that I want you to take away from today – And that's fear shows you the way to success. If something seems insurmountable in your business, if all your customers have been asking you for a new feature, but it fills you with dread because you just don't know how to do it, then that's the thing to really focus on. Success lies behind that boulder that is blocking your path because that boulder, it's blocking the path for all your competitors too. Finding the way over it, under it, around it or even through it will move your business forwards whilst everybody else would just stay thinking it's too big a problem to tackle. I've seen so many businesses who found success by tackling the problem that everybody else had just accepted was too hard, too risky, or too scary to deal with. If you are too nervous to do that first social media video of yourself to promote your company, then it's likely that most of your competitors will be too nervous too, meaning that when you do it, You will be the one starting to build a relationship with your customers whilst they are not. If you're scared about scaling up the business and taking on staff because you've just never done it before, then that's the thing that is going to be holding back other companies in the same position. Meaning you're going to be the one that moves ahead of them in your sector if you're worried about doing a funding round to raise 20 grand to buy the new machine that's going to allow you to start taking on orders from larger distributors, then that's going to be the same barrier your competitors are facing and why they won't get the orders that you are now going to get. The big problem that you have in your business, the big fear that you are worrying about all the time is most likely a huge signpost showing you the way to move your business forwards. And the fear you're feeling, it's simply your body recognising that and getting you ready to do something about it. Have faith in your ability to take the problem on and to resolve it. Remember, as you will have heard me say so many times before, you do not need to reinvent the wheel. Sit down with the problem and find out how other people have solved it. If you don't have the expertise yet, then just go find somebody who has. A lot of the time, Tackling a problem in your business is all about finding someone who has already done it and letting them tell you how. And you will be amazed how small an issue your problem seems to somebody who deals with it every day. Setting up a payment gateway for your website, that might seem like an insurmountable problem to you, but it would take a developer all of 20 minutes to install and set that up. Shining a light on a problem, that might actually be all you need to do to take the fear away from it. So share your fear with other people. The amount of times I've sat down with Lisa and I've told her a problem that I'm worrying about and she simply stopped me and said, so who are you going to talk to about it. Who's going to cut this down to size for you? Because there must be people who deal with this all the time. And a phone call later, or a chat with some expert, and I'm left wondering why I was so worried, and why I left it so long to do something about it. And if it doesn't work out, then nothing is ever really a failure, because something is only ever a failure if it's an end point. If failing one thing leads you to do something else, then it wasn't a failure. It was just the path. Okay, so let's have a quick roundup of what we've covered today in how to stop fear holding you back. One, fear of failing is is natural. It's been drilled into us to be careful ever since we were children. But you need to reframe what you think failure actually is. Your failures are just stepping stones on the path that lead you to success. Two, we live in a safety net society and your fears about what might happen if something doesn't work out, they're likely hugely exaggerated. Take some time to do that catastrophic thinking exercise with a friend or a partner and you'll find that you've got more options open to you if the worst happens than you think. Three, however, stop thinking about that worst case scenario and start focusing on the best case one instead. Overcome your fear by thinking about what a difference it will make when you achieve the thing that you are worried about doing. Four, recognize that the feeling that you translate as fear, it's actually neutral. It's not positive or negative. It's just your body getting ready for you to take action. And you get to choose if that action will be to tackle the problem head on or to run away. 5. If you have something creating fear in your business, then deal with it straight away. Don't let it drain your energy, because once you have dealt with it and moved forwards, you will wonder why it took you so long or what you were so afraid of. 6. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Find somebody who deals with your problem every single day and let them cut it down to size for you. Something that seems unsurmountable to you might take somebody else all of 20 minutes to deal with it. And seven, fear shows you the way to to success. If something is stopping your business from moving forwards, it's likely the same thing is stopping your competitors too. Finding a way past that boulder will really move you ahead of your competitors who haven't. And that is it. So, this has been a really interesting subject to cover, and one that a lot of our members have raised in our vegan business clinics, If you've had something stopping you moving forwards, then let me know. Don't let that fear stop you reaching out to us at Vegan Business Tribe too. Because I really believe in you. And I'm not just trying some motivational mind trick here. Because if you have a vegan business, then you and I, we're on the same mission, which means you are not trying to overcome a problem just to make more money. You are looking to overcome a problem in your business so that you can help move the vegan scene forward. Your business is your activism. And I get that 100% because, as I said, Vegan Business Tribe is mine and Lisa's activism too. So, If you found this podcast useful, then please do share it with the people that you know. Do come and connect with us at Vegan Business Tribe if you're not already a member. And let's see how we can make you make a bigger impact on the world too. Just head over to veganbusinesstribe.com and you can sign up as a fan to get our weekly email or a full member to get access to, well, gosh, everything we do or you could even sign up as a patron if you really want to help support the vegan business tribe mission so thank you for listening and i know i say this every week but lisa and i we really hugely appreciate you giving up your time to listen and i will see you on the next one